0: This is episode 135 and I'm talking to incredible content marketing agency owner Chanel, all about content marketing myths and tips to help you and your business. Welcome to the Content Queen podcast. I'm your host, Mariah, entrepreneur, featured writer and storyteller in the Best Holistic Life magazine and founder of Content Queen. I'm here to teach you how to share your unique story, create content and market your business with strategy through the channels that work for you. Each week I'll deliver a story to help you connect to a powerful strategy around marketing, business, and content creation. I'll also be joined by amazing souls and entrepreneurs. We're here to share their own journey along with actual steps to help you take your business to a whole new level through amazing storytelling, powerful aligned marketing and content strategy. Let's do it. Hello gang. How are we all now? Content marketing myths and tricks and tips. So excited to share this podcast episode with the amazing Chanel uh, from Ninky Content Marketing Agency. She is just such a gem and very, very knowledgeable in content marketing and all the things. So I just absolutely had to get her to come on the show and chat. We went live on Instagram a little while ago now and just Everything she said was just so aligned to Content Queen, what we teach and everything like that. So I just absolutely had to get her to come on and talk in the podcast form. But before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to mention, speaking of content marketing and tips, I have one tip for you quickly, and that is to look at your content and what works and what doesn't, because that's how you can improve That's how you can see what your audience resonates with. And that's how you can create a better strategy that's going to help you be seen by more of your desired audience. And to do that, you have to look at your marketing data and your numbers. Now, I am hosting a workshop a week from when this episode comes out. So August two and three, and the first 60 minutes of session one is going to be going through the numbers with a template that I have and guides and resources to help you look at the numbers, and then day two, you're going to come back and we're going to make a plan based off those numbers. So very, very excited to present this. It's the second time I'm doing it. The first time was just a one-off session, like a one, one hour, but I thought I would combine sort of like a two-day challenge to really help you get the most out of your content data, your numbers, and just to make it super impactful. Just quickly, when I did my own, I just learned so much about my email marketing, that it is just working really well for me at the moment, but then things that aren't working, like I I learned that I needed to switch out some call to actions on Instagram to help with website taps and the types of content that people resonate with and what I need to do more of, what I need to do less of. It's just a big time saver in the end. So If you are looking to save a little bit more time in your content creation, the number one tip I'll give you is to actually look at the numbers. So join us because it is going to be spectacular. I'm very, very excited for this one. But Let's get stuck into the episode for today. And I want to welcome Chanel Leroux who is the owner of Ninki, a content marketing agency based in Adelaide, Australia, with an impressive background working with big brands around the world. Chanel runs her own agency, which specializes in content marketing strategy and training. She has a wealth of knowledge and I just cannot wait for you to hear all of the goodness that she has to share. And it is just a little bit of a relief to what some of the things she says, because I think it's going to make you probably feel a little bit better about what you're currently doing in your own content marketing strategies. Welcome, Chanel, to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Can you please tell everyone a little bit more about who you are and what you do?
1: Yes. So hello, everybody. My name is Chanel LaRue. I'm originally from South Africa, if you're wondering where my accent comes from. And I am the owner of Ninki Content Marketing. So we're a content marketing agency based in Adelaide, South Australia. And we specialize in three areas, which is content marketing, strategy, and also training and coaching for people who want to learn how to do their own content marketing. So that is me and that is what we do. Absolutely love it. Where did Ninki come from, the name? I love it. Oh, okay. So my previous partner and I thought we were going to start a business together. He's a data scientist. We're still very good friends, by the way. Um, and he lived for he lived in Japan for four years. And Ninki, Ninki means popular in Japanese. So he thought it would be a really cool business name. Um, and then I stole it. <laughs> and I basically justified it by saying, well, it sounds really cool. And because it means popular, that's what we help our customers become. So it fits it really nicely. I do kind of regret it though, because people think my name is Nikki. So whenever I meet people, they go, oh, hi, Nikki. And I say, no, it's not, it's not Nikki, it's Ninki. I'm Chanel. And then they say, oh, oh, hi, Chantel. And I go, no, it's not that either. It's Chanel. So I kind of regret it for that reason. And the second reason I kind of regret it is because if you go onto the internet and search for Ninky, it's Nicki Minaj that comes up for the most (laughs) part. So there's my brand next to Nicki Minaj's booty online most of the time. So anyway, great name, great story. Was it the right idea, maybe not. But anyway, that's the background.
0: I love that. Well, that is that is a really good story. Um, But that leads into my next question, which is your origin story. So the reason
1: why you started your business, um, I'd love to know your story and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, without sounding up myself, I do like the story um, because I've been in the marketing industry since 2009. So I was 19 years old when I got into the industry. That's an interesting story within itself, because in my very first marketing job, I didn't actually have a lot of marketing experience. And I went into my interview and um, I said to them, you know, I know I don't have a lot of experience just yet, but I will work really hard um, and you know I'm, I'm 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 very smart, and they were just so taken by me that they gave me the opportunity to work there, and my career just completely ex- excelled from that from that point. Um, so that was for a company based in Cape Town called Acceleration, and then I worked with them for oh gosh almost about five years, where I had the opportunity to get uh, I got transferred to their offices in Buenos Aires in Argentina, so I lived in Argentina for a year. Um. After that, I ended up uh, taking a bit of time off and I ended up working in London. I worked in San Francisco. I did some work in Manila and the Philippines. So um, over my marketing career, I've worked at lots of very big organizations all over the world and I've had the opportunity to work with some wonderful brands like The Economist and BBC and Victoria's Secret and Disney and i trained ESPN. So um, most of my career has been that. Um, but after my most recent corporate job, which was based in Australia, I realized that the corporate life was no longer for me. Um, and this particular corporation has a very, uh, bad reputation that everybody knows, knows but it wasn't a very nice place to work and it was very soul destroying. Um, and so after that, I decided that I wanted to leave my job and freelance and have the flexibility to work and travel, which is exactly what I did. So Um, I traveled through Central America into the States and did a bit of South America for six months. And over that time, it turned out that I was so good at freelancing that I had so much work that I could afford to hire another person. Um, So Ninki was really born by accident. Um, It all grew organically. And I am very happy that it did. I never really sat down and said, oh, I'm going to do a business plan. And this is what it's going to look like. And I'm glad that I didn't because the business grew out of passion not out of obligation and it grew in the direction it needed to based on a need that was an actual need versus what I thought people needed mm-hmm. so um today basically after that journey in long corporate a bit of freelancing um we've got a really lovely boutique agency with a team of there's about six of us um and and I love it I'm, I'm really proud of the culture that we've built, um, and female owned, female led. And that's pretty much it. I think those are all the most important bits of my story. Uh, I am a part time performer. So I, when I'm not working, I sing, dance and act, which comes in very handy for like the training and coaching aspect of what we do, because we're known for our very entertaining training sessions. Um, But yes, I'd probably say that that completes my origin story. I love it. And I love, I now it makes sense because your reels
0: are really, you know, you're very entertaining on your reels. So that makes sense with your background
1: in performing. Yes, yes, it, it does. And we have so much fun. And, and on that note, reels are such a great way to, or social media in general, such a great way to showcase your, your personality. Um, and if you go and look at us on socials, I like to think we've got a really good balance between professional and fun. So you know, here's the professional side of us so that you know that you can trust us with your business's marketing, but also we're really fun to work with. So we've really tried to utilize the formats in a way that shows that we know our stuff, but we also don't take ourselves too seriously.
0: Yeah, definitely. I actually, I love, you know, um, consuming your content and the girls, yeah, they love it. They do such a good job. So. Yeah, they're hilarious.
1: And we we did the 48-hour film project not so long ago that I directed and Kate actually acted in and we won an award for it. So um, that's something definitely <laughs> worth watching because it's very, very funny. Um, and mm-hmm. I almost don't want to tell you more than that other than that it's hilarious and we won an award for it. So it's definitely worth watching, but you'll see Kate in that in that short film.
0: How good is that? I did not know. There's so many fun facts about you just being real yeah. off in the first five minutes. Love it. Um, so the topic we're going to talk about is content marketing as a whole. It's your expertise. I love talking content marketing. And we did a live uh, on Instagram and it was so good. And I loved all the information you provided that I was like, we need to go on the podcast and do like a longer form you know, session about this. So first I wanted to you know, get your thoughts and opinions on all things content marketing. But what are the myths that you're experiencing in this industry? Because I think all of the times there's so much people are saying about how to market a business, how to do this, how to do that. And I'd love from someone that's had an extensive amount of experience like
1: yourself to talk about some of the myths you've experienced in the content marketing industry. It's a good question. And there are so many um, that I'm going to almost struggle to, to give you a couple. But I think Firstly, there's this whole movement of viral, of virality at the moment in social media. So, you know, TikTok and having um, TikToks go viral and reels go viral and YouTube videos go viral. Um, And I think that a myth that people have or a myth that exists is that if you have viral content, you will be a millionaire. Or if you have viral content, you will make lots of sales overnight. Or if you have viral content, you are a very successful business. While that can be true sometimes or eventually, um, that is probably quite a big miss. Uh, There's some businesses who just say, well, I want to go viral and that therefore will will give me lots of money. And obviously there are influencers and and famous TikTok people who do make a living off viral reels, but from a business perspective, going viral doesn't actually always mean sales or it doesn't mean sales right away. So don't think that you're going to be able to make one TikTok or one reel and suddenly become a millionaire. So I Mm -hmm. think that's one myth that I would probably say. Um, I think the second myth is that you can get to your final destination from a marketing perspective quickly. You can't. And I see all these things all the time talking about, like, I I can help you build a six-figure business in 24 hours. And I'm sort of like, well, you can't because the most important The most important thing with content marketing or marketing in general is is consistency and time and patience. And you need those three things to, um, you know, achieve success and you need trial and you need failure. So I think that's a big myth is that you can get to, you can achieve your goals quickly. That doesn't always happen. Um, I'd probably say another myth is that you can hack the algorithm. Mm -hmm. You can't. So you always see things saying that you can hack the algorithm. You can't, like, if people think there's one algorithm, there isn't. There are lots and lots of of different algorithms that all work differently based on how you personally consume content. So what works for one person won't work for the other. There's not one algorithm that's sitting on a chair with the crown on his head making all the decisions. Um, You need to rather focus on your audience and their needs and what content they're interested in and use that as your guide to decide what you do and don't post. Um, so that's three. Did you ask for five? Just, no, just, <laughs> I've got five top tips from you, but whatever. Miss. Okay. But I- <laughs> okay. Well, I'd probably say that, um, there's a couple of other ones. Maybe also that organic content doesn't work, um, mm. organic content absolutely can work, but it needs to be the right content at the right time to the right audience. Um, And I do also recommend that although organic content does work, and just for those viewers who may not know what I mean by organic, organic just means that it's earned and it's not paid for. So you are just putting your time and effort into creating really engaging social media content or blog articles and things like that, that you're not paying for, Um, so they can be effective, but I always do recommend that you supplement your organic marketing with some paid marketing because it just it just makes a really, really big difference in terms of increasing your reach and and your conversion. So organic content can work, but supplement it with, with, with paid advertising. And I could go on all day, but those are probably <laughs> those are probably the myths that I've got at the top of my head right now.
0: No, I love that. I, I do really, Um, I think the, you know, the first one you say, like with viral content doesn't always mean, you know, sales. Because a viral piece of content could be a trend that you did that has got
1: nothing to do with what you sell or what you offer. You oh, know, for, and that's
0: usually the case, isn't it? Yeah, like all of our
1: viral reels but hardly have anything to do with anything.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah like the, they're just trends and that's why like, I know something that we really bonded over was like this original content and not just relying on trends and, you know, Mm. creating things in our brands, like, you know, that make us unique and that make us different. And maybe their thoughts and opinions that we have that we need to share online so that people can see us in different lights, not just like Mm. doing. And that's what you say, you know, that balance of professionalism and fun, like showing that an education, like showing that we are fun to work with, but we also know what we're talking about. And if we do just like, Trending reels. It was funny. I saw a woman write in a Facebook group last night about how her business has gone to shit. She's moved back to Europe. She's unemployable. What should she do? Someone commented and said, Hey, I looked at your Instagram. And I don't understand what you do. You just post trending reels. And like you just post oh. your holiday photos. And I really don't know how like your business, what you do for your business. There's no like transformational stuff, there's no testimonials, there's no education, there's just trending reels. And because we're like trending reels gets us the, you know, the high reach, the high like the greens in our um insights on Instagram or maybe on TikTok, but they don't actually say what we do. So I thought that was really interesting from. Yeah. A-
1: it's yeah. like the bright, shiny toy or it's like the sexy social media format that everyone's using at the moment. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's, <laughs> that's all you should be doing. You've still always got to have a strategy behind what you're doing. So yeah, um, yeah. and I mean, I know we're not at the, the part where we talk about tips, but gosh, in terms of of something I really recommend all businesses do before they even touch any of their marketing or touch any of their social media is get really clear on how they articulate the benefits of, you know, articulate what they do and the benefits that they bring to their potential customers and really understanding who their customers are. And then you do the reels and then you do the content. The content.
0: Yeah. Well, that that leads into my question um, Mm. about the, I would love to know your five top tips for small business owners who are using content marketing as a strategy, even if they're they've started or maybe they're starting fresh i mean it doesn't really matter i think we can always go back to the drawing board and kind of rehash things but what are your Hmm. top tips for these small business owners
1: so i say this i say i actually i've kind of got the same tips that i've had for years and years and years which i think is a good thing because digital marketing and social media change all the time but the tips that i give people are, are generally things that will never change um so I think, again, I know I've said this many times, but consistency and patience is really important. Um, you've got to give things time. You've got to be prepared to fail. I chatted with, um, I had a coaching session with a client and she was so like nervous and anxious to do anything with her marketing because she was like, I would do something and then it wouldn't work. And then I'd get really upset and despondent. And I'd be like, the best thing that you, that can happen to you is failure because then you can rule that out. And you know that that's something that you shouldn't do moving forward. So really embrace failure. Unfortunately, sometimes you have to pay money to learn those lessons, but that's also just part of marketing. So you've got to be consistent, you've got to have patience um, and you've got to be prepared to fail because in those moments of failure is really your opportunity to learn and learning is such an important part of of business growth and also marketing growth. Mm. Um, So definitely consistency and patience. Um, going back to what I was saying before, tip number two is to really take time to understand your audience before doing any marketing um, and really also understand the problem that you're trying to solve. I often meet with, businesses um, who are starting a new brand or maybe they're a startup business and they they've got this amazing idea and i go okay great so talk to me about the research development like um you know have you done some surveys have you done some interviews um have you interviewed your, your potential customers or who you think your potential customers are and they're like no 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 we just know it's going to work and you're like uh, <laughs> so like really make sure that you have a problem that you're solving that your service or product is solving and make sure you really get to know your audience because once you understand that once you understand your audience's fears frustrations needs and desires and what problem you solve your marketing becomes so much easier marketing is really complicated if you're not clear on those points first because you're just throwing shit at a wall to see what sticks so um i would definitely say that's that's tip number two Tip number three, which is kind of tied to understanding your audience, it would be to carefully select the marketing platforms that you use. And that is kind of part of your marketing strategy. So you don't need to be on every single platform. If your audience is not on TikTok, you don't need to be on TikTok. If your audience is not using Snapchat, you don't need to be on Snapchat. So don't feel like you have to be on absolutely everything. Be really selective and rather do really well on the platforms that you choose to use then do a shitty job across too many platforms. Mm. Um, and I think the, the last two tips, um, and I'll say probably the best for last, but the fourth one um, is like use a combination of, of all formats on social media. I think some people only use reels or only use stories, like you're saying. Um, make sure you're using a combination of those. And then the most important one is to collaborate. Um you know, like social media is such a great opportunity to have a two-way conversation with people and to meet businesses that you can collaborate with, that you might be able to to work with or help each other amplify their presence. I mean, we met on Instagram, um, yeah. which which is which is great, and I've met some wonderful businesses through Instagram, and um, so definitely look at doing something like a podcast or interviews or something like that where you can collaborate with other people because that also helps to amplify your own online presence and it also diversifies your content. So instead of me being on my my profile talking about me all the time, you know, I've got Mariah as a guest and she's going to bring you lots of information that maybe I don't bring you and it's a lovely new face on my feed. So collaboration is also really, really important.
0: Mm, I love them. And I think going on like the collaboration stuff is... Uh, you just don't know what is going to happen from that. And, you know, people also share their content. If, for example, um, you come on my show and you share out to your audience, you Mm -hmm. know, I come on your, we do a live, You share, it's like you are expanding your reach out to so many different people. But I think those tips are amazing. And one thing that I do want to ask off the back of that is, you know, we, a lot of the times when we go to content marketing, we think social media. Mm. there's lots of other you know as you said you can have blogs and podcasts and youtube is there you know um when it comes to i guess, going on a a longer form content channel, do you recommend people do this from the start of their content marketing strategy? Or do you kind of recommend they bring that in later when they've built up a little bit more of a social media presence? Like how do you go about that when you're working with clients? And and how have you seen longer form content channels really shine in the whole course of the strategy?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think blogs are something that businesses should really look into early on in the strategy um blogs for those of you who don't know help your website appear in google they help your website rank in google and the best part about it is that you don't have to pay for that to happen um so it's a really kind of quick and easy way for you and your website and your business to start ranking in google and all you really need to do is write an article that's 500 to a thousand words. I'm making it sound really easy. People pay us to do this because um, you know it it might not be as easy as that but I think um, blogging is a very cost-effective way to start ranking in Google and obviously the benefits of ranking in Google is that that's where people are going when they're searching for products and services that they need. Um, A lot of people aren't sure where to start with blogging in terms of well, what the hell do I blog about Um, or they make the mistake of blogging about themselves or an event or like news and that's okay to do but what you want to try and do is think about the questions that your potential customers are putting into google and then turn those questions into blogs because what happens is that when people want to make a purchase decision whether it's a product or a service they're going to have a long list of questions that they want answered before they make that decision. So if you can take them on a journey where you're answering all of their questions through your gorgeous blogs, then you're going to be the first person that they think of when they actually look to convert or purchase that product or service. So I think that blogging, you can definitely do at the earlier stages. YouTube, meh, like I think for me personally, the, the thing I've seen with YouTube is it's a great place to store your long form video content. And it's great when you need to share that long form video content and you can just copy and paste link to somebody, or you can say, hey, check out our YouTube channel. There's lots of good help videos there. Like it's a good archive almost for like to point people to. Um, But it's, again, it's a bit like people think that they're gonna go viral on YouTube and that doesn't happen. Um, you can obviously pay to do stuff in YouTube. So that's something that I think is worth all businesses experimenting, but I wouldn't put it at the forefront of your strategy. Um I think aside from blogs and then social media being part of your strategy, jumping a few steps back, the most important, and this, I think this does fall under content marketing, is your, is your web copy, your website copy. People are going to see your website before they've even seen you or met you as a person because they'll get your website before they pick up the phone to phone you um so you want to make sure that not only does your website look beautiful and is really user-friendly um but that it's got copy that really captures your brand personality and explains the benefits of what you do or the problem that you solve how many times have you gone to a website and there's just not enough copy that explains what they do or it's confusing or it's misleading or it's not captivating or there's too much text and you just go oh god i'm not going to work with that person i can't i don't even understand what they do so i think if you're going to start anywhere with content marketing start with your with your website get some blogs up and then, and then, and then and then look at your social media after that um youtube i i, I personally i mean if you're, if you're interviewing a youtube specialist which I'm not, maybe they would maybe they would say say different, but for me, I think it's website, website blogs and then social media content. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, I definitely love what you
0: say about websites. And it's interesting because lots of people actually start with like a social platform before they even have a website too. And it's like uh they don't have anywhere for people to go. And how I sort of see social media, it's like it's your shop front like how you get mm. people into your shop, right? So if you don't have a shop, people are just looking out front. <laughs> and yeah, I know absolutely. And I know lots of people like convert during the, through their DMs and everything, but like a website's where and you own it. You don't own social mm. media. You own your website, the blog content. Like I'm the biggest advocate for blogs. Like you don't yeah. have to tell me twice to do a blog. <laughs> um, and it's just a good way for people because here, here's how I see it. So like social media, you create like short form stuff. And then, you know, they read a blog, which might take them 10 minutes to read, 20 minutes to read, or they listen to a podcast, which might be 40 minutes. Like they're in your space for that amount of time, like mm-hmm. getting to know you more. Um, of course, they really do get to know you on socials, but depending on what you're creating and if you have a longer form content, it gives people, you know, a chance to get to know you on a different level. Mm -hmm. YouTube is interesting because I think, yeah, it definitely depends on your audience with YouTube. But a lot of people use YouTube to kind of document behind the scenes and, like, make it Mm. fun. And, I mean, I did a lot of um, YouTube videos on my health journey and it's not my business, but lots of people found me through that and, like, connected with me on social media. It was
1: quite Um, interesting that way, yeah. And what you've just brought up is something that is really worth chatting about, which is, you know, I've got so much, value to give in terms of like my knowledge and expertise and I do all these great pieces of content about strategy and like content marketing tips and all of that kind of stuff and that kind of content is helpful and people thank me for it and save it but it doesn't get nearly as much engagement or views or reach um or even conversions as something that's really personal Mm. so part of you know the the reality is that part of someone's content marketing strategy does need to have those personal that personal side. Um, you know, I'm not about to, to 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 jump online and talk about my hemorrhoids, but well, maybe I just did then. But like you know, finding little things that can relate to people, but then also having you know having a, a bit of a a boundary of how personal you are and and aren't willing to be. On your social media because i think some people know that it's good to come across as being human um but then they also take it a bit too far and then you kind of go oh that's not that's kind of hurting your brand that you're talking about that on social media um but that's the kind of thing that people want to see so the fact that people found you through a personal experience that you shared um you know supports the fact that showing your human side on social media Or in your video content or having that as part of your content marketing strategy can be effective as well
0: yeah and and i think you know for me i learned that through the power of storytelling you know sharing stories and that comes down to so many other things like the stories it can then you know bleed out like your story the story of your clients and how you help them you know stories that can relate back to what you do and that's why i love you know talking about storytelling and telling people stories that's why i love writing as well yeah um, in that storytelling but you know there's there's so many different like areas of content from just your fun story about you but then it's also as you going back to what you said before the professionalism and the fun and like balancing that out and I think you learn that balance through creating but sort of understanding the channels that you need to show up on and then because I mean we look at TikTok for example and it doesn't get much raw than TikTok (laughs) like I think like you go Mm. on TikTok and you see something I can't believe that person put that online but okay cool like that's, you know, obviously business is a lot different, but I think, you know, we can't really get away with not sharing more mm. about the business or more about the people behind the brand now. I think we just can't like show up behind a logo and not share our face. It's just like that time now where absolutely people behind it.
1: Yeah, you do like, um, like a hundred percent. And, you know, I sort of feel sorry for any businesses that are camera shy because they are going to fall behind. Um, you know, People expect more from brands. They do want to see the people behind the brand. They do want to see the people behind the business. And social media is a great way to do that. Um, but I guess the, the, the best piece of advice that I can give is, is, I guess, sit down, especially if you're a big business, and figure out how personal you do and don't want to get. And I think when you collaborate with somebody like yourself or hire an agency like us, we're really good at coming up with creative ways that we can showcase your brand personality without being too raw um, or in a way that is is right for you. Um, so, so it can be done. You might think, oh, God, what am I going to do on TikTok? I'm an accountant. But there are creative ways that you can get involved in that kind of content creation in a creative way that's still true to your brand. Mm,
0: yeah. Oh, God, I've seen... Brand big brands do it. I mean, like Ryanair on TikTok. I don't know if you have seen them, but that is just
1: yeah. Yeah, I haven't. So good. I am hundred percent gonna look at look they, that up because they have, so they've been known to be good for their marketing. I think. I think I yeah. even saw a TV ad the other day, and I was like, that was pretty good. Yeah, they, they like their social media team is just like going for it,
0: and it's funny as, and like you now see on TikTok, you know, brands. I remember like, I don't know, there was a TikTok on about Telstra. And like Touchstra commented on it, you know, or like there's influencers that will say, you know, funny stuff and maybe mention a brand and you see like the brand pop up and reply, you know, it's just like it's funny. And people, I never like what sticks in my mind. I think the first sort of time I started to notice this was Nando's. Nando's, yes. like, know, maybe like it would easily be six or seven years ago, just like commenting back to people and people loved it like oh my god Nando's is replying to like what the hell um but like people don't realize like I don't know and and I think now that we're in it we see brands replying because we're probably the ones replying on behalf of the brand but like when you are just a consumer and you see a brand reply to you or even the person even if you're a personal brand a coach or whatever and you're replying back people love that like they love interaction because like oh my god that person took the time to respond to me so I think like you know probably a bit of a side tangent but like going off that not being a f- like commenting back to people and interacting and that's that yeah communication that you mentioned exactly about
1: which is great like I know that I am Oatly like I drink Oatly I love Oatly and I love their marketing and I love their ethos and the ethics and everything um and anytime I've posted about Oatly they've always replied and that makes me like them more as a brand because yeah. I'm like I I buy from you and you're Replying to our messages. Yeah. Um the goods are crap as well. Um, they are also great at responding to and like acknowledging if you've shared a piece of content, um, you know, that they're fantastic with that. Um I'm trying to think of any other big brands that I've experienced that have been really, really good at that. I think those are the two that really, really stand out. Um, and they're like these fun with their marketing as well, but um yeah, it's great. It's it's it makes you feel like you're not just a, a sales number to them. Like it shows yeah. that they're I mean it's community building. And course, yeah. that's the thing, is that as a brand, you need to think about how you're building a community around your brand. And that's a whole nother that's a yeah. whole nother topic I that's, can get into. Yeah. Yeah. You know, content helps build community. So what are you what are you doing to build that community around your brand, especially because of the fact that with iOS changes and cookies and EU data laws and all of that thing, it's becoming harder for people to run ads and to retarget people with ads. So when you, when that changes, where's your organic community that you can continue Mm -hmm. to connect with and market to?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've been working with a business on web three and doing articles on web three. And there's just like, there's just so many changes. And of course it can be really overwhelming for small businesses to get a grasp on that. But that's why you need to start personalizing things now and creating mm. really targeted, personalized messages to your audience so that when all these changes come in and not everyone's like, oh my God, what am I meant to? Because you already have collected emails or been engaging with your audience. You've already been building that relationship so that they'll happily give their personal information rather than absolutely it for themselves and not giving it away. Like already, if I sign into something, it's like, do you want to hide your email Apple will allow you to hide your email. And mm, I, mm. I say no only because it's businesses I want to give my email to because I know the frustrations. But people are just going to be like, yep, hide my email. And then you have no information about your audience. So if you actually build that trust up through mm. your content and everything, people are like, yeah, of course you can have my information. Like I want to help you. I want exactly. to give you So we got to start doing that now because yeah, things are always 100%. I think as small businesses, we just have to like, Um, follow people like us who will have that information so we can share it with them when it comes out, you know, so that people, we don't have to feel so overwhelmed with changes. But as we say, all this information that we are sharing now is going to help in the future. It's sustainable. And that's what I think we connected on the most is creating sustainable practices that are going to help our business Mm -hmm. in the future. Not those like quick wins, like let's quickly get this to get sales. Cause then down the track, you kind of like, oh, I'm a little bit screwed because now I don't have an email list or I don't have a blog or I don't have all this exactly. that I could have been creating, but I was just focusing on like, you know, DMs or things like that. But all, you know, without, as you're saying, spreading yourself thin across all channels, it's like finding a few that work really well but are so diverse in what they create, I think is um you know, super helpful for the future of our
1: yeah, business. Yeah, and podcasts like this are just fantastic. I mean, I do my morning walk and I listen to podcasts all the time and they're a great way for small businesses or I mean, for anybody to learn anything about anything. So um, so yeah, I think I think um, there's a lot to learn. Um, and I think it's also important to know when you need to hire someone because with hmm. marketing, like, you know, you can do your own social media, 100%. You don't have to pay someone to do it, but you kind of, you need to know who you need to pay for what and when like i wouldn't recommend running your own google ads i wouldn't recommend running your own facebook ads um so like that would be yeah another another tip yeah. on that no you're looking for, for 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 tips
0: yeah no that's actually really interesting i had a conversation with um a client today we had it we had a coaching session and she started outsourcing her pinterest and i'm like yeah that's awesome but one thing, you know, there's a balance between like understanding the platform to outsource, but then knowing that you need to outsource it all, right? So Mm -hmm. like, for example, if you're going to just from the get-go, outsource your social media or outsource your copywriting, you also want to have a little bit of knowledge in it so you can see what's good or what's not. But Mm -hmm. then at the same time, there comes a point where you're like, okay, Google ads, Facebook ads, I'm not going to learn that. I just need to outsource that because that's just like too above like even for me I'm like yeah these are the things that I did Facebook ads when I worked in corporate but Facebook Mm -hmm. ads change every
1: single day and I don't oh it's an it's a nightmare it's an absolute beast so if you take anything from this podcast it's that don't try and set up and run ads and then also you know businesses set up these things and they set them up incorrectly and then they say oh Facebook ads didn't work for me and it's like well they probably would have if you didn't set them up yourself like I would never try and fix my car no (laughs) why you know, and I'm never going to, I'm not going to blame the mechanic because my car didn't work. So yeah, I think it's, it's good to know, you know, and ask around, um, like when, when you meet with somebody, whether it's a freelancer or a small business or a big business or an agency, um, you know, whatever they're trying to sell you, um, do some research first and ask around and ask other businesses or, um, you know, before you commit to something, just to make sure that A, it's the right thing and B, it is something that you can't potentially do yourself or that it absolutely needs to be done elsewhere. Like, yeah, I think that's important to mm. you know.
0: Yeah, the research. And I think a lot of the times we just make these decisions because I'm known to do that. Yep, yeah, cool, let's do that. And then it's like, oh, should have probably researched that more, you know, like, should have, but it happens because we don't have time. But if you make, mm. you spend the time to research it, you know, find the right people, then it saves you time in the long run little bit of time at the start um, and, you know, getting things set up or even when you hire someone to work in your business, there's a few things that you have to start up, you know, do at the beginning to then have benefits later on. So, Mm -hmm. you know, whilst Mm -hmm. when you outsource things at the start, you're like, oh, well, and it depends how much you outsource too.
1: You've got to outsource the trust. That's a whole lot. absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it's, and yeah, building a team, building the right team for your business, that's, you know, that's even that's trial and error in itself. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's why, you know, podcasts are great like this because they give you little tips on how you can do all these things. Yes, exactly. And
0: and people can connect with you and ask you more questions about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, how can people find you and connect with you and um, learn more about what you do? Yes. So
1: um, you can visit our website if you'd like to. Uh, you can go to minkyonline.com. Um, I would highly recommend that you visit us on Instagram, which is Ninky Content Marketing. Um, give us a follow. We're awfully fun. We post lots of educational content and very funny reels, as mentioned. Um, like us on Facebook if, if, if you like. Um, just, just Ninky Content Marketing once again. Um, we, we do have a, a very super cool guide if you're trying to get your head around reels on our website. Um, so you can download that if you like. But I think most importantly, I I, I love ask, I love like I love giving people information and I love um empowering people with, with knowledge. So if you've got any questions, if I can be of any help, then please do let me know. And in fact, if you're in Adelaide, we host something called GT Nights, which is Gin and Training. It's a really, really cool, intimate event for business owners. And marketing professionals to come together, network, um, there's a guest speaker. And then every month we have gin from a different local distillery in South Australia. So it's a really, really cool event that um, I I suggest you come along to because it's an awful lot of fun. Um, So yeah, that's how people can connect with me.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, your events look so fun. I love all your social content on the events. Yeah,
1: they've gone really, really well. Like you just can't go wrong mixing like gin a cool place with cool people and getting the opportunity to learn something that's going to benefit your business and they're like it's workshop style so people yeah. leave a workbook with actionable steps they can use so, um, so yeah yeah so we're, we're stoked that. with that
0: so good well thank you so much for joining I loved having this conversation just like I did when we went live um, so yeah thank you so much for sharing your knowledge it's been amazing
1: Thank you so much for having me. You're such a sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much.
0: How good is Chanel and her knowledge? Like, just, you know, what I love about this interview with Chanel is just like it's reality and it's bringing you back to, like, especially around viral content and things like that, like, and, and long term game. It, it's hard, but I, I've mentioned the picking for gold story many a times of, you know, never giving up. And if you haven't heard it before, Um, I have actually got a reel on this on my personal page, but it is just about, you know, the guy that picked the male in this scenario, but, you know, gender specifics, all that jazz. But um, in the story, it's a guy picking for gold, and just before he reaches the gold, he gives up because he's been spending a lot of time on it, and then he gives the equipment back and sells it to someone, and they pick for three feet and find gold. So it's just, you know, that not give up. Um, which is hard, and especially when you feel like sometimes you're wasting your time. But if you are in your core, core purpose, you're you're absolutely in your element in terms of vision. This is what you want to create, and you're not, and you're doing it for more than just like trying to make money. That you actually generally love it, then you won't give up because you love it, right? So, yeah, I loved the episode. I got so much out of it from you know viral content, and it's just a good reminder for anyone listening: patience, time not hacking the algorithm, Um, you know, combining your organic content with ads. I mean, that is something that we might not all be comfortable with jumping in right now. I've got some podcasts on this too, if you want to listen. But, you know, even just dipping your toes in or thinking about it or having it in your strategy at some point and just, you know, collaboration, making your content personal, combining all the formats, selecting the platforms that work for you, all those things. Like, it's just a really good reminder for us around our content marketing and that it is frustrating at times. I get it, totally get it. but that's why you know understanding the content, knowing what works is is valuable. And then just remembering to be patient and giving it time. And I love what Chanel said about, like often it can mean money that we waste to learn lessons, but they're lessons. And they're not always, you know, a complete fail when nothing is a fail, it's just a lesson. And I love that reminder because, often we can get so caught up in it that we become very emotionally attached to the result, which is a whole other, you know, concept, um, and taking things personal. Um, but yeah, absolutely loved everything Chanel said. It just really resonated with me. And I know it's such a important reminder for us all to be patient, to give it time, implement a strategy and actually to have a strategy as well. Um, definitely important, but, but as I say, be a content queen or king, and remember that developing your strategy and your story develops your business. Thank you so much for joining me today, and please don't forget to share this with all your business and entrepreneurial friends. You can do this by adding it to your Insta stories and tagging me at Content Queen Mariah, or to simply tell them about it. If you rate and review on whatever platform you're listening to this on, it'll help me get this podcast out there and share the message. Follow me on Instagram, connect with me on LinkedIn, and let me know if there's any topics you want me to talk about in the future. I'm here for that. But other than that, join the workshop. I think it'd be very valuable and stay tuned for some amazing topics in August around writing your own book to create content, how to generate more content ideas, how to incorporate all sorts of things into your content marketing strategies that is going to help you in the long run. So have the most amazing week and I'll see you in the workshop and I'll talk to you very soon. Bye.